You're listening to the Versus Node podcast, presented by GamerNode.com. Welcome to episode 15 of the Versus Node podcast, presented by GamerNode.com. I'm your host, Eddie Zotto, website director and executive editor, and I'm here, as always, with Jason Finelli. Hey, what's up, Jason? Not much. What's going on, guys? Chilling, chilling. And returning guest, Kyle Stalick. How are you, Kyle? Good. <laughs> so, so <Woo>! enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah! And uh, we have a first-time guest here uh, from GameCritics.com, Brad Galloway. How are you, Brad? Hey, doing really good. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem, no problem. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so, what we wanted to talk about today was uh, game reviews and the critical process. Because, I don't know about you guys, but I often question various little things about reviews and you see uh everyone has a problem with everyone else's review and i also wonder about the process itself and uh i i guess we'll just we'll we'll come to all that as we talk but um i guess the the first thing to really ask is what is a review like what is a video game review what are what's the objective that any reviewer should have um, I don't know, I guess, Brad, what do, what do you think? Well, uh, to me, a review uh, is, is different than a critique. And when I, I write reviews primarily, uh, so I kind of want to get that uh, clear up front. And to me, a review is uh, something that I, I play through and I use my years of uh, experience and knowledge of gameplay to kind of tell people, you know, is this worth your time? Is this something interesting? Is there something worthwhile about this particular game? You know, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, basically I just share my opinion, and hopefully people will uh, glean some value from that. If you say the word interesting, you don't know if it's good or bad, so just tossing that out there. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's a valid point. You know, I I didn't say it had to be good. I said it was interesting. So I think that's actually uh, interesting that you say that, uh, because uh, one thing that I really uh, focus on in my work at Game Critics is uh, games that try new things or interesting things uh, or in terms of innovative. Um, you know, it doesn't take a lot of originality to have a game that has a really great polish on it uh, but doesn't have any new ideas. And so those to us are not very uh, worthwhile titles. Yeah, interesting to us is good. Whether that's good or bad, that, like the quality of being interesting is worthwhile. Mm, so like just the fact that it that it is novel in some way is at least... Uh showing that there was some effort put into it or something good, you know, you're driving forward as opposed to rehashing what we've already seen. Absolutely. Is it, yeah. What do you think, Jason? I see, I when you say that you have a problem with the whole, like with most, everyone has a problem with everybody else's review, I find that based on your criticism, I tend to be the nice guy. I tend to be the <laughs> one who, who always sees the bright side of the games and always looks for the good stuff. I have a hard time being, um, I mean, I don't want to say I have a hard time being critical because I don't. I have a hard time. Um, I overscore, is what I do. I overscore <laughs> a lot, <laughs> and not because I mean, because for me, gaming has always been, was it fun or not? Right. At the end of the day, did I enjoy what I was playing? 
And if I did, then I tend to want to score it higher because the you know gaming is entertainment and entertainment is having fun. So gaming is you should be having fun. Um, but then right. again, I, I could write I could write a review where I slam the whole game and then give it a four out of five, and then everyone will look at me like, "What the fuck, dude? You just slam the whole thing. Why are you giving it such a high score?" But for me, reviewing as a whole is um, taking a game. If you want to split it up by gameplay, graphics, however you want to do it, taking each major portion of the game and and at least get through the story once. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't play a game without beating it, or at least without having a full understanding of it and what be able to write a review. What about MMOs? See, they don't end, um, but they but they're also built so that. You're always the, the, the gameplay will never change. So as long as you do most of the of at least as long as you, I would say, I don't know, if a normal game story wise now, if you're gonna put a range on it, would be five to fifteen hours. I'm not talking about crazy RPGs. I'm not talking about just like a normal five to fifteen hour range. Then I would say that you would have to play an MMO for that long in order to be able to write a review about it. Mm-hmm. See, I would say you'd have to play MMOs for a really extended period of time and it would I would say it would be difficult to ever truly be able to review an MMO. I, I wouldn't want to review an MMO to be honest. What if you're what if you're getting paid twenty, thirty bucks to review it? In <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> sure. I don't know, I'd still i would still um question the comprehensiveness of my opinion on it when you know when all was said and done if i hadn't spent you know like i don't know a year on it would you would you take a different approach to it maybe update the review a little bit or would you you know play for four hours write a little bit about it and maybe come back later or say that you know within four hours of gameplay i didn't really like it you know that's that's actually an interesting question because of um the nature of the MMO, and I guess that style of game lends itself to ups and downs uh, throughout gameplay, so it might be valid to offer your opinion at different uh, points during the gameplay, because if if the MMO is only enjoyable when you reach, say, level 60 or whatever, you know, then you may think... You know, as a as someone trying to rate this game, that it has some of the value detracted because of that quality. I don't know. What do you think, Brad, about MMOs? Well, actually, um, I actually don't play MMOs and I don't review them. But I think the point you brought up is a really valid one. Um, one thing that we do at Game Critics is we have these disclaimers at the end of every review, and we say, you know, flat out, we say exactly how long we played each game, we say which modes we tried, we say whether we finished the game or not. So we, we put that out there so that people who read our reviews can really get a sense of who we are and how much we saw and where we're coming from. And even though some people really, like, take issue with that, because uh, I think it was Jason, you said, like, you can't review a game until you finish it. Uh, at least I, at I, least 75%, I'll clarify. I would say at least okay. 75%. Okay. Well, I mean, I definitely agree that you have to have a really good understanding of a game. I don't agree that you have to finish every game. Uh, and uh, to me, I mean, I think it's like once you understand what the game is out to do, and once you get a good grasp of, of what's happening, I mean, I don't. A lot of games fall back in repetition to kind of bloat their play times. And I mean, for me, most games, if you play them for like five hours, 
uh, with very few exceptions, you've pretty much seen what the game's going to do. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's not very many surprises that come after that. So, uh, I mean, to me, it's like once you understand what it is, you know, talk about it. Say what you thought. I mean, give your impression. And, you know, as long as you are forthright about it, I would certainly not uh, advocate anybody playing two hours of a game and then putting a review out and, you know, kind of portraying that they had finished it. I mean, that's really one reason why we kind of own up at the start and say, hey, we played game X for three hours. If you think we're full of shit, that's fine. But, you know, we're saying up front, you know, this is where we're coming from. So take it with a grain of salt. I think right. I, th- I think a lot of where my stance comes from is though I'm a big story guy. Mm-hmm. I find I find that story might be one of the most important things for me personally in a game. Now everyone's different, obviously, but if I'm like Red Dead Redemption is a perfect example. I had the ending spoiled for me by some jerk. Um, I'm not going to say what it is in case you haven't beaten it. But um, if I had played like if I, if I had only played to where I got an understanding. And then reviewed it, and then got. Uh, I would have a score then, but then the ending, my score might be a little bit higher, because when I heard the ending, I was like, "Wow, that's incredible! Thanks for spoiling me, dickhead." Um, <laughs> and like Mass Effect Two, people don't like. Some people don't like cliffhangers. They could have loved the entire game, but then they get to and then review it in the middle, and then finish it. There's a cliffhanger. They'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to uh, sort of agree with both of you and. And I would say that it depends on the type of game, really, when it comes down to it. If if the game is not very story-based, if there's no strong narrative, if it comes down to really just reviewing how the game plays, like how it feels to play it, uh, then maybe you don't need as much time. But if something like Heavy Rain, for example, I I couldn't review Heavy Rain unless I finished it. You know, some games just lend themselves better to a more rapid review, whereas some really ask that you get through the whole story, I think. I mean, that's my opinion. Well, I I would agree with that. And if I could just, you know, kind of uh, add on to my previous statement. I mean, if it's a game like, you know, like you said, Heavy Rain, where obviously the story is like, you know, 90% of the gameplay, I would, of course, agree that you have to see the whole story all the way through. Uh, but in something like, you know, I mean, I, you know, contrary, I would almost say something like Final Fantasy, you know, 13 or, or RPGs where it's like, you know, the story is important, but at the same time, you're spending a huge amount of time just on random battles and kind of like working the system and your stats and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that to me, I would feel like less compelled. I mean, I would still own up and say, hey, to all my readers, I didn't finish this game. So if you really put a high price on story, then, you know, you know take that into consideration when you read my review. Uh, but you know, for games that really do put a high, high price on story, I, I definitely agree with that. And 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 just to be forthright, I am a pretty uh, big fan of story myself as well. So I, I can definitely agree with that. A man of integrity. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I would say that I could probably review something like Street Fighter Four within the first twenty minutes. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is it solid? Good. Let's do it. You're calling me out, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see if you would say anything about that. <laughs> but for me, I think it's, it's I have I mean, there's so many people reviewing out there that if there's any one way of reviewing a game, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, uh, right. I, I put more faith in people than I do reviews themselves. If uh, I was running a website or something and, you know, let's say person X wanted to review a game or MMO and they only wanted to spend five hours with it because it was terrible, I'd be like, shit. 
good enough for me. Write about that, you know, talk about your experience and why you don't want to go beyond five hours because it's boring or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, each site can have their own standards these days and it doesn't take very much to get on Metacritic, so <laughs> it doesn't really right. matter anymore. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess it it does come down to kind of what Jason said a lot of the time, just are you enjoying what's going on? Because <laughs> why waste your time if not? Yeah, I would totally but, um, agree. To me, I wouldn't even say it was enjoyment. I mean, it would be like, is it is it, you know, I hate to throw it out again, but is it interesting? I mean, you may not be having fun, but is it bringing new ideas to the table? Is there some some kind of value? I mean, and certainly if it's fun too, but I mean, if you're sitting there and it's rotten and you're hating every minute of your life and you can't wait to turn the console off, that to me is a very valid uh, point to stop reviewing and just, you know, put your opinion out there because that's, you know, that's just as valid as anybody else's. Right. I think it's important. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't know if anyone's opinion is valid as anyone else's. I mean, I value I value Roger Ebert's opinion probably on movies more than anyone else. I mean, he doesn't always agree with me, but the man's seen more movies. Whereas my cousin, who is a hairdresser who never sees movies beyond Twilight, uh, her value to me is shit. <laughs> I think I think what he, I just think what he's what he's saying is just as soon as you as soon as you form your opinion, the sooner it gets out there, the better. And whether people listen to it, big friggin' deal. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I, saying, like, you know, you could pick Tom, Dick, or Harry off the street and ask some of their opinion. I was yeah. kind of thinking, like, in review circles, you know. Yeah, you have to assume that we're talking about um, people who at least have shown that they have some experience doing this or um, have experience with video games. Yeah, but come on. We've all seen some of the reviews out there. We know that a lot of the people writing reviews don't have any kind of experience or maybe, like, one genre of games and shouldn't be doing what they do. <laughs> hmm. I guess that's the point that the reader has to uh, learn who to read, you know, who they think uh, has a reliable opinion. That's very true. That's very true. You know, at our site, we really put a lot of stock in our individual writers, and we often say uh, to people who leave comments that, you know, it's kind of like a 50-50 proposition. You know, we get these angry comments sometimes saying, how could you possibly slam Game X? But it's like, you know, if you had read the last 200 reviews that I had writ- written, then you would know that, you know, me as a reviewer likes these certain qualities and I dislike these other qualities. So if you like the kind of games that I like and you know that, then my reviews are going to mean a lot more to you than if you're just somebody who's clicking onto us from Metacritic and doesn't know anything about our site. I mean, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it kind of behooves the reader, like you said just a second ago, to kind of know who to read. You know, find people who, who match your tastes and when you find them, then read them because, you know, Nine times out of ten, I'm sure you guys will have the same kind of opinion, and, and their reviews will, will mean that much more. Well, I don't think there will ever be a review that everybody likes. I think that you know, 99 people will like one of my reviews, and then the one guy will just be like, wow, you suck. It's, just, it's, it's completely impossible to make, any, anyone, to make everyone happy. Excuse me. Um, take, for instance, this, this new possible Zelda announcement. Um, next week, or a new Zelda comes out. Oh, there Christ. could be, yeah. See, see, you already know. There could be twenty-five people who write great reviews, and the twenty-sixth guy was like, "Meh, seven out of ten. But all the Zelda fans will pay more attention to that one "meh" than the twenty-five glowing ones, as if they expect perfection. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that to me is a problem. It's as if your opinion only matters if you agree with me. <laughs> and I don't like right. that. Right. You know what? That That's interesting also is because um, 
a lot of times uh, when I'm reviewing a game, well, actually all the time, when I'm reviewing a game, I refuse to read or or listen to anyone else's opinion about that game until I've completely gone through whatever portion of the game I'm, I'm going to finish and written my review, formulated my own opinions, and, you know, put it down on paper. Um, I was wondering, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it's imperative that a reviewer avoid all other opinions when formulating his or her own opinion? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do because it even it might not happen to everybody, but even just reading one review might make me think. Like, like say I read a review of Mass Effect before I reviewed it, and it was like a 93. And I'm like, all right, I'm going in there and expecting a great game. And I could have hated Mass Effect. I didn't, but I could have hated it. That review would have disappointed me, would have made my disappointment, excuse me, even more for this game, which means I might even score it less because I was so excited about that other review. And then my experience was not as good on the same. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's both sides of the coin. There could be a game that got like a 75 out of 100. And I'm like, all right, I'm expecting a, a mediocre piece of shit. And then it could be one of the best games I've ever, I've ever played. And because mm -hmm. of that, my, my, ex my expectations being low and then being exceeded might make me score the game higher. For that reason, I don't look at If I know what game I'm reviewing, I don't look at a single other review until I'm done and it's on the website. All right. What about you other guys? I know, Kyle, you don't review as much as no. uh, you used to. But you know. if, if I did it now, I I mean, to, I, I used to be like that, but then uh, I talked to a few music journalists, and I asked, like, what do you think? What do you do? You know, and they were like, well, I'd read everything coming out, and, you know, to see if, you know, I missed something, maybe, if I should check other things. Uh, they didn't say at what part of the process they read them, but they said they did read them all, and they said maybe they could touch on other places, because there's nothing more annoying than reading you know, a, a review and then reading one that's like exactly the same, even though two people maybe you know on other sides. You might want to learn more about the game. Mm -hmm. But uh, and it, you know, if people two people are talking about the exact same things, it could be a testament to that whether it failed or succeeded or you know didn't do much at all really in some regard. But uh, I don't know if if I had to review a game now, I'd probably just read every review of, as it came out there, mainly to laugh at how bad they're all written. But you know. <laughs> What do you think, Brad? Well, uh, I, you know, I kind of just put feelers out there to get a general sense of, you know, what's going on, what's going around, because we can pretty much self-select which games we review. We don't really uh, assign anybody anything at our site, because uh, right. we figure, you know, if you're going to be interested, the quality of the writing is going to be better. Uh, so I kind of, you know, I, I listen, you know, I'm on Twitter, and I get on the, the different boards, and I kind of see what's going around, but I don't really do anything too in-depth, and once I, I pick a game for review, I pretty much ignore everything until... I reach a point where my opinion is pretty well set. And once I know how I feel about it, uh, and even, even to the point of actually giving it a number score, then I'll jump on and I'll see what other people have said. Uh, it, kind of like a fact-checking process almost. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because sometimes, uh, I can remember a couple times when I, I, I did a write-up for a game, uh, and then I go read somebody else's review, and then all of a sudden I find out that the game that I'm reviewing actually has like 27 sequels in Japan that I didn't know about. And so that kind of like, you know, skews my, my write-up a little bit, or maybe there's some kind of little 
interesting factoid that I didn't know, something about the development or something. But in general, it's not going to sway my opinion. It just might be to kind of shore up the factual side of my reviews a little bit. Because, you know, we, we know as much as we know, and I think that people in review circles know more than the average person, but nobody can really know everything. So I think a little bit of a, you know, brain melding is kind of good once in a while. Uh, okay, so it's it's almost like a uh, like a, a reference tool as opposed to... Uh, seeing the other people's opinions exactly yeah it doesn't sway my opinion doesn't sway the number but it kind of you know it gives me a little more peripheral information that i personally may not have encountered myself yeah Mm -hmm. see i always wonder if i were to read a review and see what really struck other players that it might make me look for that and become uh, more affected by things that normally would have gone I don't want to say unnoticed, but may not have been such a such a big deal to me as I played. And I don't know where you get into the difference between objective and subjective critique. Um, There's no objectivity. No, <laughs> you don't think so? No, Hunter S. Thompson said it, and he was right. Everyone, their opinion has been swayed in some regard, and they're going to put that in there. You can't objectively review a game. I think it's impossible, but that's just me, I guess. Do you think it's impossible to attempt to look at a game from multiple angles in one particular piece of writing? It's not impossible, but it's just dependent on that reviewer, you know, and their ability. And so far, I just don't see a lot of people doing that. So how about this? Do you guys do you guys think that a reviewer should try to look at a game from a variety of different viewpoints or or possible viewpoints, like the way that he or she thinks that, you know, person X might look at it versus person Y? Or do you think uh, the reviewer should hold firm to one perspective and present that as, you know, this is my opinion and, you know, how that goes? Try. Educated, educated opinion, hopefully. Right. Yeah. I definitely agree with the, the point that there is no such thing as objectivity. I totally agree. I mean, it's mm-hmm. impossible. Anybody that even brings that word up, just you need to discount whatever they say because they don't know what they're talking about. Well, I, can, I, can, I can give you some names if you really wanted to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, maybe we'll do that. Let, let's avoid that. In terms of covering things from different angles, I mean, I think it's possible. But, you know, for example, uh, there's been a few times when I reviewed a game that I knew was slanted at a younger audience, like a kid's game. And because I have kids, I will, you know, choose to review that game and I'll, you know, I'll give my opinion, you know, as a 34-year-old guy, whether I think this is a good game for kids. I mean, of course, I'm not a six-year-old person. I'm not the intended target audience, but, you know, I can, I can, I can attempt it, you know. I'm not speaking with authority from that position, but I, I think we can give it a good shot. Uh, that said, you know, it's, of course, going to go through the, the filter that we all have, and there's just no getting around that. Mm-hmm. So then you think it's probably better to just say, hey, this is my opinion, <laughs> take it for what it is? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was one game, I think it was, uh, oh, the name escapes me, but it was like a game about princesses that went and did dances in a ballroom. And I, you know, it was so awful. Awesome. Barbie the I 12 was... Dancing Princesses? No, no, it wasn't that one. It was something, it was oh. Princess Debut. That's what it was, Princess Debut. That was, yes. <laughs> That was yeah. Jason's favorite game. Oh, you guys you that Barbie game? the Twelve Dancing Princesses? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I, I don't date guys. I'm not an eight-year-old girl. I'm not the target <laughs> audience. I like to, you know, dress up. 
But I figured, hey, what the hell? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see what this game has. You know, I mean, I've played so many games. I think I can probably, you know, take a crack at, you know, picking it apart and taking a guess at whether or not it would be good for, you know, a little girl. So, you know, I gave it a shot. But at the same time, it's not like I was speaking with authority on it. You know, I was just doing my best. So I think we can all just strive to do our best when we try to step outside our own personal viewpoints. And I guess you're lucky that you get to cherry pick your titles because, I don't know, sometimes we get games that uh, we may not really want to play, but, you know, we do it because that's the way the industry works for a lot of websites. And uh, you kind of have to try to change the way you look at things if you're playing a game like that. I think that writing a review about a game that you don't like shows more about you as a journalist than writing a game that you do like and you do know about. If you go into a game cold and don't know a thing about it and don't really care about the game and you review it and you review it well to the point where people read your review and they're like, all right, I like it. That's a respectable opinion of the game. I think that, in a sense, is a little more valuable than like me reviewing i keep saying this damn game i'm sorry mass effect me reviewing <laughs> mass effect if you know me i am obsessed I'm, I'm insane with the game it's 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 one of my favorites so when if when three comes out if i were to review it i'm going to go in there like a crazed fanboy that and that that's a huge skew but <laughs> with a game like oh i don't know it's still valuable though don't you think that's valuable yeah but at the same time wouldn't wouldn't uh, would would you want like a like a crazy Call of Duty ten year old fanboy reviewing Modern Warfare three? Well, I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's valid as long as you, you're you're upfront about where you're coming from. I mean, to me, I think a, a fan might give you more information or maybe able to like more in depth critique certain aspects of the design than someone who hasn't played the previous two and just comes to it cold. I mean. Honestly, for me, I'm a huge Mass Effect fan as well. I'm a crazy Mass Effect fan. Uh, number one, but not number two. And not to really you know, debate that particular point, but I, I kind of feel like my perspective on one was really valuable in, in picking apart number two. The, and I think a lot of the uh, scores that it got from people who had never played the first one were really kind of telling to me. So, I mean, it, you know, not to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. And, and at the same time, also, I think it's kind of a fallacy to say that somebody can play a game and just kind of like... You know, like you said, cold review it, not know anything about it, and just do such a good job on it that it's, like, really, really valuable to other people. I mean, I think that's a little bit of a fallacy because, you know, we people who are really good reviewers know a lot about games, and that knowledge is what makes their reviews so worth reading. You know what I mean? So yeah, to me, it's to like, I mean, yeah, it's like I can see value in both approaches, but to me, for my money, I would rather hear what somebody who really knows about that game has to say than someone who's like, oh, hey, what's this game, Mass Effect? Hey, I like the cover. Cool. Let's go for it, you know? Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you keep reviewing games that you, like, are crazy about, you, you, you would turn into, like, a one-note reviewer. You'd be reviewing the same type of games or the same franchise of games over and over and over again, and people would come to – you'd be predictable. I feel like if a fan were to, were to keep reviewing their type of game, they would get stale, and they wouldn't last in the business as long as they probably would like to because people could see – Who's right? Who's writing the review, and then be like, "I already know what he said. I don't have to read it." <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> no, that, that's very true. I mean, I definitely think that you can fall into the same genre, and if you don't get out of that genre, like you said, you get kind of a tunnel vision about your reviews, and and you can you can examine something to the point of minutia that like anybody reading it just simply will not care. 
You know, whether you talk about right. a reloading animation on a certain pistol that's different than the last pistol. I mean, who, who cares about that? I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. There's a, there's a point at which too much knowledge becomes not valuable, and the well-roundedness certainly is, is, is very appropriate for games. So I, I'm with you on that one. I guess that, that comes back to who you're trying to talk to with your review, because, you know, if you are, say, a fighting game fan, and you're all about competitive gameplay, that might be very important to a, an entire sector of gamers, but what you're going to talk about is probably going to be different than what, you know, Joe Schmo. uh you know, I like fighting games, but I'm not all that into it, you know, thinks of the game. So, I mean, there's there's value in in either approach, but I, I guess it has to be clear um, who that reviewer is again, like where they stand. Because, I don't know, if I'm, a, if I'm a crazed Mass Effect fan, then I'd rather see a crazed Mass Effect fan's viewpoint on... A Mass Effect game, but if I'm me, then I want to see the opinion of someone who likes the game but doesn't have any emotional ties to it, um, and they can give me a a less skewed opinion, maybe. Oh, totally. I mean, I think it gets back to again the point we made earlier about um, you know the reviewer being upfront and the reader knowing what they're reviewing. I mean, I think Street Fighter is a perfect example. I mean, I know people who don't even want to read anything unless the person writing knows about, you know, the frame counting and, you know, the deep countering system and, like, the different turtling strategies and stuff. And if you can't talk about that, then they don't think your opinions were shit. And, you know, that's perfectly valid from that particular reader's viewpoint. I mean, am I going to cover that game in that way? No way. So they should certainly seek out a reviewer who can. But then at the same time, finding it, like you said, casual, is not going to get any value out of that kind of a deep, deep, uh, you know, uh, examination. So, you know, you're the reader. What do you want to read? Go find the person who's writing what you need. Right. That was that was sort of like a song you just wrote. <laughs> <laughs> the backing track. Let's put it out there. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what do you think, Kyle, about about all that? Not particularly focused on the fighting game thing, <laughs> even though I come back to it. Just won't let go of it, will you? <laughs> Once again, I mean, it's just dependent on the person, in my opinion. What do you want us to see? If we have all these different avenues you're seeing it now. Like, we were talking about the fighting game people. What's really funny is that I noticed that we're kind of being hypocritical. At one moment, we're all saying that we sh- we think the review should be this way, and then we say that, well, no, it's okay. We It can be any way, you know. It depends on each person. So we have to really focus in on that, what we're talking about here, because... <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been noticing it, but I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's sort of the problem. I mean, it's, you know, do you want a review to be a, a specific way, or does it have to be tailored to the author and the audience? I mean, it's it's almost, it's just a problem maybe with the review process, the, the institution of the review in general, maybe. If you, de- if you depend on people, and if editors can hire good people to write, then we won't have any of this problems. We do have the variety out there already. We already have people covering games from a hardcore point of view. Uh, we do have people out there that are Metal Gear fans who only review like Metal Gear titles or Kojima titles or whatever. Uh, but the biggest part that with the reviews right now is the writing ability. Most game writing is just fucking terrible. It's embarrassing. 
Uh, and most of it doesn't relate to any other sort of media. It, it's very telling of the, the, the people that write that they only play games or maybe venture outside of games a little bit, like very slowly, you know, or into safe areas, but they don't, you know, they don't check out, I don't want to say racy, but like violent pieces of entertainment or, you know, you get the typical Mario review and it's like, uh, how this is the, the, as good as entertainment can get. That's a pull quote. Or, you, you know, you get one, Game Informer review that says that Red Dead Redemption is the best Western experience you can get on any medium, or this is up there with the best Western films of all time. And really, I mean, you, you tell someone and film that, and they'll fucking laugh at you, and you, you, you hand them Red Dead, and you say, no, really, here, play this. And they'll laugh at you even harder. So we got to get over that a little bit. I mean, it's not the re- reviews that I have a problem with, like, in terms of, like, what they're catering to, you know, like these people, but it's just the content itself is just embarrassing. I think maybe the the reviewer should know their limits a little bit better. Yeah, and we, we go on absolute, uh, you know, not to rag on Game Informer again, but they did say that uh, finishing Grand Theft Auto 4 was like seeing The Godfather for the first time. Jeez, mm. really? Come on. So the two, the two are definitely different, but one thing that interests me, and in, you know, as we're going through this, um, you hear film critics, they they critique movies, and typically we say we review video games. And earlier, Brad had said that there's a difference between a review and a critique. Now, what what exactly would you say that difference is, Brad? Well, in my mind, a critique of a game would be where you really take it apart, you know, structurally, bit by bit. And, you know, you would really examine, like, the value of certain play structures, whether that, you know, really worked for what the developer was going for. I mean, you could talk about the different, uh, you know, production values, the different uh, camera approaches, uh, you know, and you could really talk about the themes. You know, really just, you don't even really have to even pass a judgment on it. You can just discuss whether something uh, was successful in terms of what the developers were shooting for. You know, really kind of just kind of deconstruct it and talk about the different elements, uh, which I think is a really fascinating kind of piece, and I love reading those, uh, but I don't write them, and I don't, you know, I don't say that I write them. Um, and, I mean, it, it sounds kind of crazy, and it sounds – I don't even know if I even really want to say this, but it, it's almost like you have to be like a really super smart guy to write a really good critique. And I don't feel <laughs> like I can do it justice, you know, and I don't, I don't read a lot of people who say they're writing critiques to do it well. I mean, most of the time I think the average Joe, like myself, we can just write, you know, really good reviews – and, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, interesting uh, wording or some, some unique ideas will come out in the writing, and that's great, and I love that. Uh, but to really critique something, I think you really have to get your, your brainiac hat on and really kind of take it apart. I mean, to me, they're like totally different animals. Yeah, I think, I think a critique takes a much longer, harder look at the game in order to really formulate in one's mind. Because um, I know I, I try to do those sorts of pieces once in a while but it it really takes a specific game and uh, i guess a specific mindset on on my end like i have to be in the mood to um really approach a game as academically as i feel like a critique demands and yeah that that is hard to do but i think it's hard to do because a lot of games don't really change things up enough to warrant that sort of critical look or that sort of academic look, or, you know, that mature discussion. Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, I think there are certainly certain titles out there which completely warranted and are really interesting, and you can really dig deep into them. 
But, you know, I mean, we have to face it in, in, in the video games industry, you know, for every, you know, 25 uh, titles that are just kind of Me Too clones with different spins, you're going to get like one really juicy, really interesting, really, you know, unique thing that you can really pick apart. I mean, a lot of this stuff out there is just, you know, it, it's it's entertainment, which is great and it has its place. But it's not the kind of thing that you want to waste your time and energy really taking apart because it's going to be just like the last five games that came before it, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess one other question I wanted to ask because we're kind of drawing towards the end of our time here sort of piggybacks off of that. Like I said, it, it takes a lot of time to really get into a critique and to to put it together in your mind. And uh, I wonder if you guys think that it's better to take your experience with a game and put it on paper as quickly as you can so everything's fresh, or if you think that it's better to wait, uh, you know, just maybe just a, a little bit and, and let let it marinate, I guess, a little bit, or maybe let yourself calm down after the initial excitement or, or even uh, give yourself a better, uh, a longer time to mull over the different aspects of the game and, and try to formulate that more sophisticated opinion. Because uh, I've seen people who really want to say everything that they are going to say immediately so that they get it out there. You know, they, they get it down, you know, at, at the point that they experienced it and how the game made them feel as they experienced it. But then I sometimes think that it might be wise to wait a while. So I, I was just wondering what you guys thought. Depends on my mood. Sometimes I'll, <laughs> I'll sit there and I'll, I'll write a crank, you know, some kind of critique out, and then uh, I won't put it on my site or anything right away, but I'll maybe sit, let it sit in the back end, come back, and then, you know, like a day later and look at everything and be like, wow, what the fuck was I talking about? And then delete it, or sometimes I post it, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm it's, there's all these different things that happen. You might feel inspired. You might feel really angry towards it, but then you might be thinking about it afterwards and how profound of an experience that was. And like you might be angry at the game, but is it the right kind of anger? You know, maybe your other things that are happening in the world at the time, or you know, you're just not in the mood mm-hmm. for it. So it really depends. <laughs> I hate that answer, but it's <laughs> such a good one. Yeah. Sorry. How about you guys? I uh, see. I, I I kind of pride myself on getting it out there as fast as possible because oh dirty I what <laughs> no oh. oh no anyhow I like I like after after playing a game enough to review it um I would like to get it out as fast as possible and yeah I said it again because it's fresh in my mind and right. every little aspect of it is still there rattling around whether it be the, the full story or the graphics or the gameplay, whatever, the, the longer I take in between the finishing of the game and the writing of the review, there might be little nuances or details that I forget about that I wanted to talk about. So the sooner that I am ready to write the review, I'm going to write that damn review. Um, I, I just I, I feel that that is more effective for me as a writer that – the more details I can remember and pass along to whatever whoever is reading out there, the better for them that they can get my full opinion on it, on the entire game, and the better for me because I look like I actually paid attention. 
Do you think it also has to do with being able to better convey how you're feeling as you're playing the game? Well, yeah. Or is that just Yeah, irrelevant? because if you're pissed off about a certain aspect of the game, you want to keep that anger going in your review. If there's some one thing where you're just like, you know what, this fucking sucks, and I don't like it. <laughs> but you got to make sure that you can convey that in your review. If you hate it, you have to – I mean, that's that's the whole – that's the whole responsibility of being a reviewer. If you hate it, make sure people know that you hate it. I, I totally agree with like both you guys. I think I think I agree with everything everybody said, just like a little bit differently. Um, I I think you need to capture that emotion that you're feeling. So when I'm going through a game, I will often jot notes, or if something really, you know, really aggravating happens, like I'll immediately turn to my computer and I'll write down like a little rant about it. You know, because you want to keep the juice, you want to keep the excitement. I mean, that's really what makes reviews interesting. Uh, but once I get the review all written, I will definitely put it aside for like one or two days, and I just won't read it, and I'll just leave it, and then I'll come back. And not not for the point of like reducing that you know venom that I had or making it uh, you know more exciting or whatever, but to, just for the purpose of clarifying the writing. I want to really make sure that when I pr- turn out a review, that it's legible, it gets my points across. And that it's a good piece of writing, I mean, apart from the emotion I'm trying to convey. So a lot of times I'll come back and I'll clean it up and do different word choices, and, you know, move paragraphs here and there and stuff. But So kind of, right. kind of a balance. Keep the juice, but, you know, you got to let it simmer for a little while. Yeah, I would say that that most closely approximates my personal style. Like especially uh, a recent example was Alan Wake. I wrote a whole review and then I took, I don't know if it was a day or two, <laughs> but... I really went back through and made sure that I understood what I was saying, you know, correctly, and that I that I actually believed what I was trying to say. Because there are certain games, where, there there's just certain games where uh, it takes more to really um, to convey what what you feel about a game, or you know what you liked and didn't like. Um, but I also do that that note taking strategy i i write down you know just little quips even like what the hell is that like as i come to it and occasionally occasionally i've posted those like just you know scribblings of what i've been thinking as i was playing sometimes uh it really helps but i I, I just (laughs) i got a question for everyone yeah who do you like look at in terms of game reviews like to match your own taste or is there anyone that, that sticks out that you say like because for me, it's Yahtzee. He, like, personally, all everything he says, like, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like, most games seem like they do suck, and Valve makes the best, and Silent Hill 2 is one of the greatest. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, no, seriously. Your opinion's all summed up. Seriously, that's about how it's usually been, but um, I don't know about you guys. Is there anyone, like, does Gersman kind of write reviews, or is there anyone that you look out for like that? I don't particularly have anyone that I look to for definitive conclusions on games or or even opinions that match my own because, I don't know, I, I don't really read many reviews anymore. But uh, when I did, I never really came across anyone who matched my opinions. Uh, but but I can't even really tell because it's been so long. So I don't know. What about you, you other guys? I don't think there's Age anybody that I follow. I mean, I think I, I talk to a lot of people on Twitter, and there's a couple people I have that are online, and, you know, I kind of know all their tastes personally. So, like, when somebody that I respect or, or, you know, if I share a taste in a certain genre with somebody that I know personally, and they're like, oh, this game is great, then I will certainly go. If they write something, I'll read that or, you know, I'll check out what they're recommending. But in terms of just, like, 
do I have a set number of like you know reviewers out there that I follow? No, not really. I mean, I think a lot. Mm. I mean, not to look down on anybody, but I, I do agree with kind of what we we're saying earlier that a lot of reviews are really poorly written, and I don't really derive a lot of value from them. So there's not, you know, like I don't hit like these three sites every time a game comes out. It's just like you know, who, who's right. smart and what are they saying, and, and and did they write something? If yes, I'll read it. If not, no big loss. Yeah, I'd say that I don't even I don't even ask people what they think of games anymore. Well, I, I do, but I don't ask in a, in such a way that it's going to influence me at all. Like it's just a curiosity. So it's like I'll say, hey, how do you like it? Oh, cool. That that influences me in absolutely no way, but it's good to know how you feel. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> all right, guys. Well, um, Jason, did you have anybody just before I um, finish this I, up? I find. I don't look to certain people. I look to I do I, I but I I go to certain websites and those websites I will read basically everything. So whoever wrote it, like but like Kotaku, I I do like the way they review it because they don't score, which mm-hmm. some people feel is a pussy way. But I kind of like that. They don't need the hits. They huh? Oh, they don't they don't need the hits from like a Metacritic or anything. They get what eighty million hits a month now. I mean, a lot of places do it because if they don't, you know, they won't get as many hits. Like that's that Metacritic true. listing is great for traffic. Well, I just, I just hope that I get to the point where I don't need those hits. Eh. I'd love to review without a score. I would that's love a to dream. Cons. Well, Game Critics pretty much goes without a score. I didn't know that you had a score until the other day when Brad was like, "Yeah, highlight the end." I was like, "Oh, you have scores." I feel dumb. Yeah, that was kind of a, a conscious choice we did to kind of get away from the score because we just, you know, we went through this whole phase where it was like it was all anybody was talking about and they were just totally, you know, not reading the text of the reviews. And as a site, we all kind of threw our hands up and let out this heavy sigh. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one half dozen the other. Like you said, I mean, Metacritic is a big traffic driver. And even though we right. don't really need the hits, I mean, it's like we didn't want to be delisted because that's how a lot of people find us and – you know, I mean, you, you got to be out there. you got to be visible. I mean, there's there's business aspects to running a website, so you can't totally ignore all that. But at the same time, you know, we want to be, uh, you know, honest. We want to have integrity. We want people to actually read what we write. So it was kind of a, I don't know, kind of a jury-rigged kind of solution. Honestly, I'm not really happy with it, but it's where we ended up. So. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was sort of one of the similar uh, dilemmas I, we came to at Gamernode. I wanted to go with just the smiley faces, but... <laughs> You have to have the numbers associated with it. So, I don't know. <laughs> what was that? All right. On, on that note, that's Jason's uh, sound effects board or whatever. That's my phone, yeah. Yeah. On that note, uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Anytime. And talking about all this. Um, a good critique of the review process. Um, so, for Brad Galloway, Jason Finelli, and Kyle Stalick. I'm Eddie Inzato. Thanks for listening to the Versus Node podcast. See you next time. Toodles. Come on, come on, come on.